about them Irish. I can't take it anymore. I need a national championship. This is the Four Horsemen Podcast. What the hell is going on? This is the Four Horsemen Podcast, your favorite Notre Dame football podcast. I'm Dylan. I am joined by Steve and P-Wagon, and uh, that's what we're going to talk about. What is going on? The last time I looked at the news, we were joining a conference for the first time in our 130-year history, and then all the conferences decided to stop playing college football. So that's the extent of what I know. What we're going to do today is talk about it, see where our gap in knowledge is, and then just kind of discuss what's going on next season. So, uh, Steve, P-Wagon, take it away. Um, yeah, I guess what we could do is just kind of crowdsource the collective knowledge we have to try to figure out what the hell is happening, uh, just as we all are, coincidentally, with the virus uh, at large, you know, as uh, as state by state, country by country, uh, the, the entire world just trying to figure out the, uh, the you know, the, the vo- coronavirus. So, um I mean, we'll we'll get into you know scheduling. We'll get into conferences, and and we'll even give a little bit of up uh, you know, update on on the the team at practice. Some unfortunate injuries, but you know, a lot on the docket today. Uh, P wagon, let us know your thoughts to start. Everything sucks. <laughs> and uh, you know, you are kind of our guy. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but you are kind of our guy on the inside track here, um, being connected to uh, to the NCAA in one capacity or another, uh, and and uh, specifically athletics. So if there's any sort of insight you can provide that you're comfortable with with sharing, by all means, take it away. If you're not comfortable, obviously, don't have to. Well, legally speaking, everything sucks. Uh, really. As of 5 p.m. today, Notre Dame is going offline, all virtual for two weeks because college kids have to go and party. And that that's where we're at. It's You're trying to contain a cat trying to eat some fish. That That's really where it comes down to. <laughs> they're putting these kids in this environment and they're cats in a koi pond. You have all the fish in the world and the cats are going to go get it. You can't contain 18 to 22-year-olds and let them make their own good decisions. For the most part, no one made good decisions between 18 and 22. Four loco was a thing. That's a fact. I don't think I made a good decision until I was 25. Some would say I'm still waiting to do that. (laughs) And so just going off of that, you're you're seeing right now with kids going back to school what kids are going to do you can't bubble them and from what i'm hearing october is going to be a very bad month for colleges all around the country it's flu season they think that's when the second wave's going to hit again and i i just don't know what's going to happen with this football season are we going to get three four games in and then have to call it because of covid that could be a thing that you just don't know what's going to happen. As of recording right now, the Big Ten, done. Pac-12, done. Most of the MAC, the WAC, all those small conferences, 
done. The ACC, SEC, and Big 12 are the three conferences remaining, plus Army and Navy, but they're already in the bubble anyway, maybe Air Force. So looking at that, you're either going to have to bubble the players if you want the season and send everyone else home to do virtual learning, which then calls into question amateurism, or you're going to cancel full season and say, hey, let's pick up in the spring. Those are the only two options right now. And from the conversations I've had, no one knows what's going to happen. Well, I, I think that's really a good point. Um, you Something you brought up on our last podcast is you were ahead of the curve here. You said there was no way the season was going to happen. And, like, how, how does the season even happen if half the conferences aren't playing? Like, how can you legitimately have a, a football season that's both regarded legitimately as a competition and is even remotely fair if only, you know, 50 teams of the 140 are, are playing? I, I don't really get that. And another thing I'd like to ask, actually, it's a country thing. You guys are always asking me countries about questions about Canada. I got one about America. Um, these college students at Notre Dame went to back to school 10 days ago, roughly? Eight, eight days ago. Is that a normal thing? Because that's a month too early for Canada. I, I don't seems, go back to school until September. That so. seems extraordinarily early. I mean, just to quickly talk about my school, Johnson & Wales in Providence, Rhode Island, we would go back maybe the last week of August. Usually it was it was the last couple days, you know, kind of bleeding right into September. So that's that's my experience. So I'm also a Rhode Island school, uh, Salve Regina. What up? Uh, we went back late because Rhode Island's a tourist state. So that, that's Rhode Island. Other schools do go back early, but they're having kids come back even earlier now to complete a 14-day mandatory quarantine. Uh, didn't work. Failed. And <laughs> just to speak on your other point real quick, so colleges will come back in August. August is usually the time. Uh, a lot of football players will report even earlier, but they wanted this two-week quarantine period to happen uh, so they could get the testing done and all that shit. Talking about your other point about how a national championship could, could occur, Division One A and One AA rugby have something called a fall national championship and a spring championship. So you're not really a national champion, you're a seasonal champion. So if that were to happen, you could see a fall champion come out of the ACC, Big East, uh, SEC, whatever, and then the spring, if the Pac-12 and Big 10 decide to play, you could have them decide a champion. Rugby doesn't do this, but football could, in theory, have the fall play the spring at the end of the season to decide who the national champion would be, in theory. So that, that's at least what I know from my sport, uh, what they do. Well, that's, that's really confusing. Um, <laughs> it's a sport to learn. Um, <laughs> let, let's get into the big, the, the big thing, the big news that came out first. We'll kind of walk through the timeline here because so much happened. We find out that Notre Dame is a member of the ACC. They're taking us in for a 10-game season where we will be eligible for the conference championship. I just want to get your guys' thoughts and our listeners. Tweet at us, message us. What the hell was going through your mind when you see that Notre Dame is joining a conference? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It made the, the season easier. The, the strength of schedule went down 
mm-hmm. having to play a full ACC roster or whatever. Uh, Western Michigan getting eliminated, so Notre Dame's down to nine games right now, which is, which is unfortunate. But at the same time, you're seeing an easier schedule, which helps our argument of being independent. And then you get to play Clemson at Notre Dame and then Clemson again for the ACC championship. Give me Trevor Lawrence twice and we'll beat him three times. Yeah, uh, right there with you. Just buzzing through really quickly. Duke. uh, What's up? I'm just oh, win. Win. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I thought you said wait. I apologize. So so Duke. Win. Flor uh Wake Forest. Win. Florida State. Win. Louisville. Win. Pittsburgh. Win. <laughs> Georgia Tech. Win. Clemson. Win. Boston College. Double win. Fuck you, Jill Djokovic. Uh North Carolina. Win. And Syracuse. Win. All right, so that's the schedule as everything stands right now. Obviously, Western Michigan dropped off. I think it would be unique if if uh, you know Navy is one of the teams that are willing to play. Why why can't we just add Navy? Uh, make it work logistically. Uh, we should be able to. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it it you are exactly correct. Our strength of schedule went way down. I think, honestly, the reason why the Pac-12 canceled is because USC are cowards and didn't want to lose for like an 11th straight year to us. So uh, they're pieces of shit. Um, I, I initially, I, I did enjoy the fact that we, we did join a conference. Not, not that I don't want to do it permanently. I'm definitely in, in, uh, in favor of independence for a myriad of reasons, all valid and all great, in my humble opinion. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it does feel like an, an excellent chance to just absolutely troll the college football world, um, by essentially just in, in this one freak incident, joining a conference, blowing through, winning all 10, going to the title game, beating Clemson a second time to show that it's not a fluke and then going into the playoff and, and then just beating everyone all over again. Like I, I am, I am fucking confident and I am pretty pumped if the season happens and with, well, I'm sure that conversation is going to bleed its way uh, in, into the podcast today. So a lot of emotions uh, for all things considered, but I think it was a net pop, <clears throat> excuse me, a net positive to, uh, to hitch on to the ACC for this year, 2020. So I have an answer for why Navy can't really happen unless the ACC changes its policy. But the idea was every Every ACC member will get one um, out-of-conference game to schedule, but whoever you schedule has to be within a state that has another team that's associated with the ACC. Oh, yeah, Maryland moved to the Big Ten. Yes, so Maryland wouldn't count, but, like, for example, uh, like Boston University would count because, you know, if even they have a football team, I don't know. They they don't. But that's the only school I can think of off the top of my head um, because of their hockey team. Um, but, like, you know, uh, we could play South Carolina. We could play um, the Florida Gators. We could play Georgia. Play Georgia. So those schools would work. Um, I think, I mean, P. Wagon brought up the best point was it's hilarious how our strength of schedule went down. It's a weaker schedule than what we already had. Um, and that it's just so backwards. And I think the whole Notre Dame needs to join a conference thing. It's just people hate Notre Dame. It's nothing to do with, you know, the integrity of the schedule or making us play a fair schedule because, look, our schedule got easier. 
if you genuinely cared about who Notre Dame played, they're better off independent. Um, so that's that's a really good point there too. And um, something I want to ask you guys is before the Pac-12 and Big Ten shut it down, it looked like because of our ACC deal that we would not play USC for the first time since the Second World War. I wanted to know your thoughts on that, on the possibility and now the almost certainty of not playing USC this year. Good. They're cowards. Yeah. Wow. Well, <laughs> whatever. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, they they would have. They've been giving us some games the last couple of years. Um, you know, they basically after uh, us getting out to a three touchdown lead, they've come back and you know got it back to within one score with a couple minutes left. But we fended them off and with a couple of victories. So, congratulations for losing by a close margin, USC. You guys are getting there. You know, just uh, you know, pat on the back. You guys are doing great. A uh, couple more years, maybe if you actually recruit an offensive line, yeah, then then maybe you could actually compete with us. But until then, you guys just got to stay out on the West Coast and just play a little football game. So yeah, I mean, nobody cares about USC. There's just like another win on the schedule. I'm not even sure it would increase our strength of schedule if we were to play them. So uh, I mean, it is what it is. It's it's fun for the rivalry. Uh, I want to actually go, uh, assuming that the world can ever get back to normal. I would like to go next year, 2021, out to Los Angeles for Thanksgiving weekend. I think it'd be real cool to uh, to experience L.A. one time, possibly get stabbed by a homeless person, and then uh, watch us kick the shit out of them in the Coliseum. Um, so th- that's... Uh, that's the extent of my thoughts on, on the subject. And, and Pete Wagon, I see a couple of uh, chuckles on out of you, my friend. Uh, please let us know your thoughts. I, I won't miss them. Uh, it's a fun rivalry, but beating up on them and not having to stress out about that game this year uh, is really nice. Um, it would have been a win. That That's what it would have been. It's That's pretty much all I got there. Uh, Will I like to see them play again, and will they continue this rivalry? Yes. Uh, will Notre Dame ever lose them again? Probably not. Uh, so, FUSC, that's where I'm at. I love the blind homerism. It's not, it's not blind homerism when facts can back up what we're saying here. Right. They'll never beat us again. Ever. Not even. It will go on a, the longest winning streak in college football history. Is It'll make the Navy win streak look pathetic. Let's put it that way. Old dwarf Navy. So what was um, it, forty something years in a row, right? So that's going to bring us out to like twenty sixty. That's when I'm going to be retiring. Yeah. Forty, fifty years. Why not? I'll catch on my four hundred one k This has been a surprisingly right. funny podcast so far. <laughs> yeah, for as as grim and as miserable and terrible as the world has been, uh, we just laugh at the pain and we'll all get through it. All right, I got a question for you. Um, Obviously, it can't happen because we have a, a uh, an apparent clause in our contract with the ACC saying if we ever join a conference, it has to be the ACC. But what do you guys think about the Big Ten, specifically the Big Ten West, if Notre Dame would ever join? That would essentially be a conference title matchup every year because that division is really gross. Um, it, it, does the Big Ten excite you at all? Would you ever be interested in joining the Big Ten? Yes. If Rutgers wasn't there, I like Penn State. I've been a James Franklin fan since he was at Vanderbilt. Uh, Wisconsin's always a fun team to watch. 
really Northwestern, they gave me a heart attack when they beat us by a field goal that one year. Uh, but they're fun mid-afternoon game. Uh, Michigan to Michigan State, I can take them or leave them. Would love to see that rivalry incorporated. Maryland, whatever. If you got rid of Rutgers and Maryland and added Notre Dame and IUPUI, because they're better than <laughs> Rutgers, I would really entertain the fact that the Big Ten could be better for Notre Dame. They're Big Ten in hockey, so that's a thing. Uh, it's just weird that the ACC has roped Notre Dame in on that end. Uh, but I, I would entertain that. Yeah, I'd be thrilled for it. Um, I, I agree. Uh, you got to shed a little bit of weight there, uh, just because they're just so piss poor. I mean, those are two basketball schools, basically. Ruck, well, Ruck, Rutgers is just a shit school, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, I I think they'd have to add someone um, who it, it would really. There has to be something enticing uh, about joining. They, there has to be a big name that you're going to get uh, that, that you're bringing over while dropping the other two in order to make it worthwhile. But if we ever do join a conference, then I'm significantly more in favor of the Big Ten than it would be the ACC. Now, first and foremost, I love our independence because I do want to play USC every year. Um, I do want to play Navy every year, and, and obviously, you know, there's there's a couple of teams throughout uh, our, our rivalries that it's uh, it's fun to be paired up with and uh, and get you know national spotlight. But you know, if if the perfect cards were, if basically we're forced into a situation where we need to join, definitely Big Ten over ACC. Yeah, I assumed we all preferred independence, but just as a we had to join a conference theoretical scenario. Um, theoretically, that- can I just pull one up not to interrupt you? I would love to join the MAC. <laughs> get Notre Dame on a Tuesday night. I would love that. That would, would get some eyeballs. It would free up my weekend so much. Go on. Facts. You might be the only person in the fan base who wants that. Yeah, um, really quickly because you're a savant of of virtually everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> What would be an, an exciting team? Because I, I actually have finally thought of one in the back of my mind that would put enough quote unquote juice in my nuts. If if we're that's throwing in a little callback that would attract me to the Big Twelve, a Big Ten rather. Sorry, uh, is there any team in the event that we were to join the Big Ten and were to shed uh, you know some weight on the worst teams? Uh, which which team would really put some juice on you that that would get you excited to join or or even entice you to join? Well, see, the, if I were to, if I had to join a conference, because I like my independence, um, the reason I would like the Big Ten is because the division that we would go into is weak. You know what I mean? It's Wisconsin, Nebraska, who's a historically fantastic school um, that was in the Big Twelve, uh, Minnesota, Northwestern, Purdue, is the the ones off the top of my head. You don't get Penn State, you don't get Ohio State, you don't get either the Michigan schools. You'd play them, you know, on a rotating basis. But that's kind of what's attractive is that you almost have almost like a guarantee into the conference title game. But if we were to theoretically like talk about which other team that comes along with Notre Dame that would be exciting, I like, can we steal from the Big 12? Because like yes. Oklahoma would be really fun. Okay. All right. That was interesting. So I, I don't ever foresee Oklahoma leaving, although you never know because, um, I, Either Oklahoma or Texas could could in theory 
uh, be cherry picked. Uh, if if there was you know some serious mega realignment like we actually saw a couple of years ago, uh, the one that I thought of off the top of my head that was a little bit exciting was uh, Country Roads Take Me Ooh, Home, West Virginia. West, West Virginia. I think would be uh, a pretty exciting pick because they have a great offense, great atmosphere, great party school. Um, they are typically fighting around the, you know, the, the 30 to, tw- uh, you know, the 30 to top 15 kind of, you know, mark, they're usually eight and four, nine and three in that neighborhood. So I think joining a bigger name conference, being a little bit closer to home would be a great fit for them, cut down on their travel costs while simultaneously, uh, you know, uh, giving some attraction to us with a historically pretty damn good program. So uh, West Virginia would be it for me. I mean, obviously I'm taking Texas or OU uh, if, if given the opportunity, but I just wanted to see if you had any thoughts or, or you either P wagon. Well, if, if you you're, guys want to share. Thinking, you're thinking way too big. I have two words for you. Bo Polini. Youngstown state. <laughs> that is all. Uh, you know who would work is uh, Northern Illinois. Pittsburgh, because they're in Pennsylvania, right? They have the rivalry with Penn State. They can kind of renew that yearly. They wouldn't be in the the Western Division, but they would. uh, Mm. They would be an interesting team to bring over. I did think of Pittsburgh. Uh, Also, a team that I thought of is not even in Division One. North. It would either be. It would either be North Dakota State or Montana. Either of those two teams, if they were to jump up and join the Big Ten. I think would be really cool because if, if they could finally start getting, you know, they would obviously start at a lower tier, uh, but if they could start getting into some four-star prospects, given uh, the conference alignment, I, I think that would be, make them a pretty frisky program. You know, Steve, you got my brains thinking and I, I got the perfect answer. Now you, I need it. Your little jolt there. What about Appalachian state? I think that's perfect. I love app state Beat Michigan every year. It's perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. Youngstown State first, though. <laughs> All right. Enough with the Big Ten. Let's talk about the Big Ten and the Pac 12. Um, so, once this whole Notre Dame conference thing gets settled, not long after that, you got two major things going on. You have the conferences rethinking college football, and you also have like player union movements happening at the same time, and they want to play. But there's also this, you know, recognize their labor thing. So college football is a complete mess right now. And in the midst of all this, we knew the Pac-12 was thinking of not playing football. Um, and then all of a sudden, the Big Ten announces we're not playing this year. And they're a major conference. You know, we were just talking about them. What are your guys' thoughts? What's going through your mind when the Big Ten is out and then following the Pac-12? I wasn't surprised about the Pac-12 because of the player unionization. That was happening before COVID really was a thing uh, because they're trying to unionize to get player likeness money and all that stuff that I'm not educated on. Uh, So it wasn't a surprise to see them pull uh, their full season. Uh, There was an event that I was going to go to in San Francisco uh, back in April, and that got canceled because it was a hotspot. And that started getting my brain churning about the Pac-12 not being able to run this season. Uh, but when they did it and then the Big Ten did it, I thought it was unfortunate for college football. Uh, you want players to play. If you want to play and you understand the risk of playing, that that's, you should do it. Every time I put on a helmet, the first day of helmets, um, my coach from youth all the way up to college uh, made us take off our helmet, and there's a warning right on the back of every single helmet 
that says wearing this helmet is inherently dangerous, blah, 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 blah. And you have to read that because you understand football is a dangerous sport. Yes, it's a, a nationwide, a worldwide pandemic that's going on right now. But if there's ways to mitigate that risk by bubbling the teams, I think that the players had a point of wanting to play. Uh, I Do I agree with the movement? I don't really want to speak here or there on that. Uh, but I definitely think they have a point of saying that they want to play. It's a matter of the directors and the higher-ups listening to them. Really, it's adults have to listen to the kids right now. Um, I'm a pro-free market guy, uh, therefore pro-alienation of labor guy, uh, and I'm pro-private union guy. So in this particular instance, I would support the, the players unionizing so that way they can alienate uh, their labor and, and, uh, and essentially by alienating it, make a profit off of their likeness or their labor. Uh, because in, inherently, I, yes, they're obviously paid in a scholarship. Uh, they, they get some perks. Uh, you know, they, there's a whole bunch of, of benefits that they do get. 100% obviously everyone would recognize that. Uh, but you have to understand, you know, if I'm bringing in, if my value is, uh, you know, let's just say me and the 70 guy, me and the 69 nice other guys on my team are worth a value of bringing in $100 million per year into, uh, into a un- any sort of organization and we are paid $0 for it. Starts to sound like the S word, uh, although obviously it's not. <laughs> like, I, don't know, I, I, I would like to see uh, some sort of union so that way they can fight for some rights. Uh, I also would like for them to play. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, that baby back bitch, is kind of leading the charge, but then our fearless leader and greatest quarterback to ever exist in all of all time, Ian Book, who has never made a mistake ever and I've never been critical of, um, he is is also hopping on and and he says he wants to play. And there's been a lot of great points where it's like, Hey, you know what? You know, I'll take my chances with the virus that has a 0.00, whatever percent chance of killing me as compared to going back home where I know my chances of getting into trouble or dying are significantly higher than that. So there's, there's so many moving parts to it. It's, it's almost impossible to come up with a, cogent worldview or, or viewpoint on the topic without being a hypocrite in any sort of capacity, because at some point you are going to intersect and, and, uh, and sound like a hypocrite because there's, it's literally like throwing spaghetti at the wall and trying to find the straight line. Um, I don't, I, I I don't even know if I just said anything that is coherent in any capacity. Uh, I was saying a bunch of stuff that I thought sounded smart, but that's kind of all the thoughts that came to my brain at once. And and if anyone wants to pick that apart or throw in your own own, own input, please go for it. And uh, we'll, we'll lead to the legal counsel here, which will be the until. Uh, well, I was asking these questions because I wanted to lead it into a discussion. And I, I think we can make that hop now. Um, given that these players, you know, movements aside, which it is partly because they're trying to, to, to unionize here, want to play football. And given that uh, Nebraska had came out and straight up said, or was it Minnesota? One of them was like, Nebraska and Iowa. Right, they just want to leave the conference to just play football. And in fact, there was a vote behind closed doors that may have been pretty close. Given all this, 
do you think we're going to be moving past the need for conferences? Is this whole pandemic showing us that the conference system is absolute nuts? It shouldn't be its own governing body that can single-handedly decide if they're playing football. This should be an NCAA decision. That's kind of what I'm thinking with the players, with the unionization, with the fact that teams and conferences aren't happy with what conferences are doing. Should we maybe be talking about the end of the conference system? You guys go. Yeah, there's a, a talk there that you can have, but then you figure there's, what, 180-something teams in, in college football right now, give or take a few teams. If you get rid of the conference-based structure, and not for the SEC, the ACC, all the, the Power Five and the G5 schools, these other schools, you, you know, you have Louisiana, Lafayette, and, and schools like that, it creates a very weird vacuum for the lower tier schools. So you have the Sun Belt, the MAC, all the WAC, all that stuff. They'll never be able to compete on the same level as an Alabama, Louisiana, any of those schools. Uh, LSU, not Louisiana. Louisiana's garbage. Uh, but with that, you almost have to create a tiered structure at that point where you have, I've been watching a little soccer, turning into a little bit of a soccer guy, uh, you like a tier one and then tier two, and then the bottom tier one teams get relegated and the top tier two teams come up, and it turns into a whole big you know, mess of who's going where. So conferences are good for the structure that they bring, but that's about it. Yeah, I guess there's also a lot of tradition too. I mean, you think about... You know, and I, I think about the, <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, you, but you think about the SEC. I mean, going back in the nineteen what thirties, forties, fifties, like, um, I don't know. It, it just there's there's a pageantry about the game that just makes it so special. Um, and and also you think about teams in the WAC, teams in the Conf USA, teams in in uh, you know, the Sun Belt. Yeah, those guys win a conference title game, like. That's their objective. They're not making it out to a playoff. They're not going to sniff the top fifteen. Maybe they'll. Maybe they will if they go undefeated. But like you know, they're going to be a twelve and zero team like Boise State and TCU were way way back. You know, last in in the past decade or so. And and you know, they're not going to get the respect that they deserve unless they do it five six years in a row where they're at least an eleven win team, winning their conference title every time you know, scheduling non-conference top 10, top 15 opponents and beating them. And then it's like, yo, we've been here. We've, we're, you know, we're getting the recruits. We're winning these games, you know, let us into the club now, or at least give us a chance to make the playoff. But so, but that's not, not, that's not going to happen. Unfortunately, I would love for it to happen. I love the chaos of that type of shit, but you know, for a lot of these kids, a conference title is the last thing they'll ever fight for. Um, Unfortunately, and they don't. They, Conference you know, title and the champ sports ball. Yeah, exactly. So, um, there's definitely a great argument to be made to to you know to supersede the uh, the the power structures that be within conferences. But I I think the offsetting negatives. I I think there's just a, a little bit too many for my taste, but. I'm, there's obviously no proposal on the table for me to even dive into, so it's just all speculation. Well, you guys bring up a, a good point there where 
these teams, the conference championship is all they have, and then maybe a champs bowl. Well, maybe it is time for a tiered NCAA. You know, you had mentioned earlier that the Lafayettes aren't beating Alabama. Well, they never will. So why don't why don't we be creative here? Let's make a league of like fifty college football teams. You know, competitive. You know, I think it's something we could do. I I don't think, you know, teams like Lafayette should be playing Alabama to begin with. You know, I I don't know what the real benefit of that is right now. I understand the need for conference uh, coordinating, you know, in terms of schedules, in terms of regional uh, recruiting. But I don't know. I just see the way this has been going right now where we have the power five. Three of them are in for the season. Two of them are out. The players in this in the conference that is out wants to play. So instead of having, you know, the conference in and let the players opt out, which seems to be, you know, the least oppressive way to do it, they're saying, no, you're just not playing and we're not giving you an option to opt in or out. And then you have three other conferences that are allowing them, I assume, to opt out if they want. But the thing is, the point is that it's on the table and you got basically half the power five divided. And it's just, it seems so frustrating as a college football fan that the conferences can do this, that the conferences can have a, uh, a not a universal policy, right? You have a different policy for different people in a sport where we're all competing for the same thing. So I just thought that'd be an interesting conversation to bring up because uh, I, I kind of see that becoming an issue. Uh, and that's the pandemic has done that for a lot of things in society, to be fair. Yeah, it's it's almost like a federalism versus anti-federalism kind of argument, you know, states' rights versus you know governmental authority. So, and and that's you know type of shit that I love, and um, I guess you could call me a studier or or lover of you know history, government, all that type of shit. But um, so many positives, agree. so many negatives. I don't know. I, I wouldn't even know how to remotely comprehend it unless. You know, we're sitting down with some of the greatest world uh, minds in the world, like you know, literally get Adam Silver in the mix and 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 start hashing out details like how can we make the most equitable and and uh, you know fair system that we can, um, you know, still giving lower tier, mid tier teams, uh, you know, some skin in the game and something to move work for, while also acknowledging that there's just clearly a large rift between you know. You know Alabama and Troy State University Trojans. So, um, yeah, I, mean, I I don't have the answer. That's why I'm uh, you know just gonna embrace what we had previously and just hope that a fucking vaccine comes out as quickly as possible. But uh, I mean, I relinquish my time because I, I have nothing else to add. I have an idea. I'm gonna visual. I'm gonna make a little visual. I'll post it to my account. Dylan retweeted to Horseman Pod, at Horseman Pod, and I have an idea. It may take a couple of days for me to figure out how to visualize visualize my idea, but it'll be coming at Horseman Pod. Let me know what you think when it comes out. All right, mysterious. Um, all right, let's go to this final section here before we sign off, because I think we're at a pretty good time for this podcast. Um Let's do the foolish thing of trying to attempt to predict what the hell is going to happen. I'm going to ask you guys, are we playing a season? When are we playing a season? What is the format? Who's involved? Just what do you think is going to happen? Whoever wants to go first, give it a shot. There's not going to be a season. Uh, I've poured my glass of depression that there's not going to be a season. Uh, but I am optimistic that there will be a spring season. 
the spring season, Nick Saban came on the record saying it would be a JV season, which really got me going because Notre Dame has the best second string in the country. I would put Notre Dame's second string and third string up against any other team in the nation. So if the first string players want to opt out to save their draft status or whatever, fine. If we're doing a JV season, let us do a JV season. I'll see you February 1st, February, I don't know, February, March, uh, and we'll play that season. Make it eight games, make it four games, make it two games. I just want to see Notre Dame play. I don't care if it's in September or June. They're going to play season. It's going to be some time, but I am not optimistic with how everything's going that it will be in the fall. Uh, less and less by the day. Am I being, especially with the news of the 80 cases today, uh, you know, shutting down the Notre Dame campus and Notre Dame was at the forefront of being, you know, pro open, uh, which I'm in support of. And, and, you know, what they shared with us is that there was 80 cases. I didn't read, uh, in any further into it. So maybe I'm speaking out of pure ignorance. What are the, what, how many hospitalizations out of those 80? They were right. out of those numbers. Yeah. So, like, is it just that, you know, you had 80 people, 60 are asymptomatic, and 20 have a case of the sniffles? Is it, you know, you had 80 people, like, 25 were hospitalized, and, like, 10 or 15 are in some serious fucking trouble? Like, I, you know, I, I need some context to educate myself. Um, Everything that I've seen up to this point is that, basically, if you're under the age of 45 and you're healthy— you're pretty much good, which makes me optimistic and makes me say, you know, push forward, let the kids play, you know, let's just get society back to normal just because I'm desperate to, obviously everyone is, but I also don't want to see people hurt. I don't want to see them, you know, what are, what are the long-term effects on somebody's lungs with this bullshit? You know, uh, you know, offensive linemen, uh, defensive linemen, heavier dudes by nature, uh, that's going to put them at a little bit higher risk, and they're in the trenches smashing each other's faces for, for 60 straight minutes. So I, there's no perfect answer. I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to see these guys start September 1st or with the first weekend in September and just to attain some sort of normalcy. The NFL is going to try it, and, and you know, hockey is, is doing a great job, obviously, albeit different circumstances in a bubble. I just don't know. I'm feeling less and less optimistic about it. I feel like it's probably going to push out towards a spring season. And I think by the time logistically that every com- everything comes around, I mean, the NCAA has done such a terrible job of pre- preparing and planning to get up to this point that I have no confidence, zero confidence uh, in, in them preparing and getting ready for, for the springtime. So I, it, it's it's feeling more and more like the momentum is turning towards a lost year of college football tragically. So that's, I don't know. I, that's my take on it for, from what I got Dylan. How about yourself, man? Well, I think there's three countries in the world right now who has not gotten this under control yet. Russia, Brazil, and the United States of America. Um, given that that's still the situation and given that we could be seeing a second wave and given that half of the conferences are pretty much out already, I'm kind of forced to conclude that I think the fall's done. I, I don't know how this is going to work. I think there's going to be too many concerns about the legitimacy of the season. I think, I, I mean, I hope things get better in terms of getting things under control. Obviously, it depends by which state you're in. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't think we're going to see a fall season. And I think, it, I think we will see a spring one because 
the timeline of a vaccine looks to be somewhat hopeful for early 2021, which is nice. But that brings the question, you know, do you want to see a spring college football season? You know, P-Wagon said he wants to see Notre Dame play any time, anywhere, you know, in June. I, I would agree. But it'd be really weird come the fall, you know, having nothing to do on Saturdays. Um, and it's going to be even weirder um, in my circumstance. Um, school's remote for the fall. Um, so there's going to be absolutely no sense of normalcy in my life. Um, but, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope we get college football. I just – I don't know how it's going to be put under control and how it'll be organized in a way where it's worked out for like the NHL and the NBA where they're in a bubble, right? They're in a bubble in a safe space, safe space and um, everything's just working out smoothly. When you have, you know, not only school, you're dealing with, you know, kids. I say that as someone who's around that age, but younger people, in a campus lifestyle across the country, it's I, I just don't know how it's going to work. And unfortunately, I'm not too optimistic about it. How much uh, space is up in none of it? A lot. A lot of space. Enough for um, at least five football fields? <laughs> you can probably put all, put all the football fields in the world up there and it wouldn't cover maybe a quarter of it. Um, but... If you want to come to Canada to do it in a bubble, there's less extreme environmental um, systems that that would work well. Just saying. Yeah, how about um, they just go out into the middle of the desert in Texas? But, like, that wouldn't be a callback to one of our first seasons about none of it. None of it is a... I, I'm very curious about it. Is it in permafrost? Is Do they experience, like, a... Like summer, what? But a summer for them would be like you know sixty five and like partly sunny. I, I would love that. I I I don't know. Um, if we I haven't, I haven't been there. It see, they do have summer, and I'm not quite sure if it uh, if it clears up. I think it might. Um, depends where you are too, because like none of it is like Nunavut is so big and so far north spanning that most of the population is actually kind of south ish. So I don't know how far north, you know, at what point, if it just stays snow and ice throughout the summer, I don't know. Um, it's a place I'd love to visit. Um, I don't know what 65 means Fahrenheit because you're the only country in the world that still uses that. Um, I'll have to do it. I would say it's, it's fair. It's moderate. Yeah. You can go. I, I would say you're look, 65 is probably the last, uh, the middle of uh, October. Maybe, maybe towards the, uh, towards, yeah. Okay, maybe I the- see, according to Google, that's about 18 degrees Celsius, which is a beautiful fucking temperature. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know. That would be, that would be a good summer. Freezing cold, so. That'd be a good summer. I'll tell you what, um, summer in Montreal right now has been um, what we'd call 30 degrees Celsius all summer, which is 86. And that's too hot. I don't like that. Um, I don't like that. Our weather is too cold in the su- in the winter, and then our summers are too warm. It's it's bizarre living in parts of Canada. And that was talking Canadian. <laughs> yeah, we got to bring that back. That, that's yeah, a and back. and uh, I guess the newest segment that we've discovered is uh, 
conversion methods. And the only thing that I, I think is hilarious is when like you'll see a tweet from like the United Kingdom and they'll be like, scorching hot day of XYZ temperature of Celsius. And then I'll like go to Google and convert it. It's like 77 degrees Fahrenheit. They had a slight breeze off the Thames. <laughs> but it rained for 19 days before that. The sun so breaks through and everyone starts melting. <laughs> oh, God, I'm dying. Oh, it feels good to laugh because there's, like I mentioned, you know, there's just so much pain and, and sadness going on right now in the world. It's If we could have any sort of smile and, and present a smile to our listeners in this stupid-ass segment, please uh, let us know. Tweet us, retweet us, like, share. Uh, we're we're going to do a new thing. Because my friends are total dickheads and, and decided to put terrible reviews just to bust my balls. Uh, if you wanted to write a review, it has to be five stars. We will read your review on the podcast next time we have one, whenever that may be. Um, and if it's rated five stars, you can roast the ever-living shit out of me. Uh, and, and you could say as terrible of a words as you want. I don't care. I'm not offended by it. And uh, so so – yeah, I mean, we just—I don't know. I've just I've, be nice to me. I'm a fragile human. Yeah, I'm out of thoughts. So, I mean, I—I—I I, I don't think I have any other sort of input. But um, unless uh, Dylan or P Wagon, if you guys had any any closing thoughts or anything you'd like to address before we get to closing thoughts, I'm going to let you guys have the floor here. College football wise, I'm good. Just trying to live day by day. I ran a marathon recently, so that was a thing. Uh, did that in about eight hours over the course of 17 hours. Uh, there was a couple naps in between, but I'm officially a marathon runner, so we have one out of three of us that can run a marathon. They don't ask how, they ask how many. Just got it done. Hole in one in a marathon, so we're nice. aggressive here. Dylan? How accomplished you guys are. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I think this is a good podcast. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, just have yes. to talk a little bit louder. A little bit louder. Okay. This good? A little bit louder now. A little bit louder now. Hey. hey, hey. <laughs> All right. Good job. That was um, a shout reference. That was a, a really good, like, diversion while I was dealing with audio. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so basically, I would say our next podcast should just be callbacks where we do quizzes about countries and, and stuff. That was, if you guys remember that podcast at all, you guys had a competing quiz over questions on canada so maybe we'll have to reverse it next time and find a way to kill 30 minutes because there's nothing to talk about anymore with college football other we'll than the, we'll do the green card test for you we'll give you an american green card <laughs> sadly <laughs> sadly dylan knows more about the united states constitution and history than like a third of our fucking country <laughs> dylan versus steve for a green card <laughs> all right I, that's funny all I know is like hockey and lacrosse. So we'll yep. we'll have well that's what I'll do is I'll try to study up and we'll have competing uh, apply for citizenship tests uh, in each other's nation. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea, actually. You guys, listeners, if you want to hear us quiz each other on for to to get a citizenship, just some like pop culture and history and stuff, let us know. We could do a whole podcast on that, and P Wagon can can be the I'll judge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this was good, guys. Uh, good talking. I'm glad everyone's okay. 
I assume you're okay. We didn't ask because we're we don't really care. But <laughs> no, everybody everybody looks good. I hope all the listeners are good. Hopefully, all their family as well. Um, thanks for listening. And by the way, in our last podcast, we had a question over over or under the average of our previous five podcasts. And we're over the average. Our last episode did really well. So hopefully this one does well as well. And uh, I will say that's about it. So next time, guys, go Irish. Go Irish. Go Irish.